Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. Grab your vices, um, chill out, and let's get straight to it. This is episode 41 of Straightforward with Miss B, and um, today I'm solo dolo. As you guys can remember, a couple of episodes, I did state that um, you will be just hearing me vibing out on my own for a couple of episodes. Um, AG will be back periodically, and um, I will begin to uh, start having guests on as well. Um, First, before we get into today's, today's discussion, I would like to give a great thank you um, to Miss Wendy M, a mental health counselor who um, was on last week for episode 40, and um, I definitely appreciated our discussion uh, basically about the basics and fundamentals um, of understanding, well, actually the diagnosis um, of mental health, and we talked about Kanye as well as... Um, the fellow Darrell Brooks, who recently was found guilty for the Waukesha Christmas Parade shootings, I mean, incident, wasn't shooting, I'm sorry, um, tragic incident, um, but I was definitely appreciative of that discussion, learned a few things myself, and hopefully everybody who has tuned in thus far um, and tuned into that particular episode Appreciated it as well. Um, that was part one of our mental health series. Um, we will be doing more, and um, I would definitely keep you guys updated on when that will occur. Um, but today, 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 we come. Well, I'm coming with some somber news. As many of you who, um are connoisseurs of hip-hop music um, or just music in general. I'm sure you guys have heard about the untimely death of um, rapper Takeoff. He is one-third of the rap group Migos. Um, His, you know, government name, Kari Ball, um, unfortunately, was the victim um, of senseless, senseless violence out in Houston, Texas. Um, it occurred, I believe, the evening of Halloween um, and leading up to, I guess, the morning of November 1st. Um, him, along with his uncle, which is Quavo, um, who's a part of the group as well, Um, They were attending a private event um, for, it seems, um, for, uh, I believe, um, Jay Prince or Jay Prince Jr. I know there's several um, brothers and all their names are somewhat similar, but their father, um, father is well known in the Houston area. And, you know, he's been around for years um, in the music industry. I believe he also dives into um, boxing industry as well. Um, But he's very, very known throughout the music industry for sure. 
Um, but he has, I believe, three sons, if I'm not mistaken. And um, Quavo and Takeoff was um, there um, for an event. Um, as you guys know, they had recently um, dropped an album. I believe it's called Built for Cuban Links as well. And um, I'm sure they will probably doing some promo also for their new album. Um, but they were outside of a, I guess, a popular bowling spot um, at one of the malls in Houston. And the situation for me, the situation for me definitely, um, it was one of those situations that this death pissed me off um, for several reasons. One, because I don't want to just dive into, you know, the details of what happened and the conspiracy theories and, you know, social media detectives as well and, and, and you know, their different theories on what occurred. I don't necessarily want to dive into that, although I probably will speak on it a little bit. Um, but it pissed me off, man. Not only was Takeoff, Takeoff, you know, consider him to be an Atlanta native, um, although he was primarily um, raised in the Gwinnett County area, Lawrenceville, Georgia, um, I believe. But technically, you know, even though those counties on, are on the outskirts of Atlanta, we still consider, consider um, the Migos themselves, um, you know, being from Atlanta, um, the Migos themselves was a, a very huge within the last 10 years. They were very huge. They made their mark on bit. I mean, on the music industry, it was kind of like in a sense for this particular generation, consider them as kind of like hip hop, the hip hop Beatles type of group. They were led. They are legendary. I, you know, I don't want to use past tense. They are legendary. They are a iconic group. They have millions and millions of fans out there. Um, the music is good, always have been good also. And it's just a shame that this young brother um, was subjected to um, a death in this manner. So... Like I said, this situation definitely pissed me off, and I wanted to just use this particular podcast episode to discuss, you know, some things that apparently are plaguing the black community as a whole um, when it comes to the level of violence and the lack of, you know, self-control. Now, just to give kind of like a little backstory on what um, I've heard um, about the incident um, is that they were there in Houston. They were apparently being, I guess, protected to a certain degree, um, meaning um the mob ties family, which is supposed to be owned and operated by Jay Prince Jr., 
or J- Jazz Prince. I believe that's the other brother's name. I'm not sure exactly who is the CEO of Mob Ties, but Mob Ties, I don't know exactly if they are a record label per se um, or if they are just a group of individuals that have a business, business, maybe they promote parties. I'm not sure exactly, you know, what Mob Ties, you know, do. You know what I mean? I don't know what type of business that they're in. However, uh, word on the street is that, you know, the Mob Ties group basically um, sometimes, I guess at times, serve as somewhat of a um, company that hip-hop artists will use when they come into the city of Houston and use them as, I guess, protection, local protection, you know, the same as if somebody would hire some professional security guards um, to, you know, walk around with you to different places just to make sure that you're safe, you know, safe from harm or anything like that. So um, my understanding is that that was the type of situation that this group mob ties, um, were handling for Quavo and Takeoff while they spent time in the city um, for this event. Now, from the videos that I've seen, I've watched um, Academics, DJ Academics. Um, he's a pretty influential, um, you know, media guy. Um, he has YouTube. He's on Twitch as well. Um, I watched his videos. He did a very good job, in my opinion, of kind of breaking down the situation, looking at film um, footage of the incident that was obtained by TMZ. You know, TMZ themselves, they're going to try to be the first ones that break the news. I mean, y'all know how TMZ do as far as getting footage. I mean, they actually have footage of takeoff and, you know, takeoff, unfortunately laying on the ground with blood spilling out, which I thought was horrible. When people took it upon themselves to begin sharing that footage on on social media. Um, But anyway, academics, you know, he was going, he was really digging into, you know, digging into this video footage to see. And what I could kind of see from the footage is that there was definitely multiple shooters. Um, it looks like one of them may have been um, with Quavo and Takeoff in their camp, possibly. Then there is another guy um, that they keep calling out, a yellow sweatshirt guy um, that was standing close to Takeoff that, you know, kind of looked suspicious, may have, you know, may have been toting, um, toting the gun as well and may have been, you know, one of the people who may have let off a shot that ended up, you know, hitting, fatally hitting takeoff. Um, But then there is the possibility as well of a third individual who may have been shooting, because in the uh, video footage you can hear several gunshots going off. Um, So, but I'm sure that law enforcement is already on the case. Um, I'm sure that, you know, besides the social media detectives, um, they will be obtaining any CCTV um, footage from this mall as well and any other potential, you know, witnesses who may have may have been recording it on their on their phone devices um, during this time. Also, I'm sure they will be gathering all of that evidence because there is and there may be a lot of people who 
will be willing to step up and share whatever evidence or information that they have in regards to the incident as well, because this was very, very senseless. And it was a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, sharing their condolences um, to take off in his family and his record label um, QC also. Um, there's a lot of people, there's a lot, thousands of people who are extremely upset about this situation and, you know, such as myself. Because it definitely is a situation where it's like not only was this senseless and should not have occurred at all, but on the top of that, it's like you have to look at the person that it happened to also. And you kind of think about it. You're like, why would they even, why would this even happen to someone like Takeoff? Now, usually when you think of rappers, you know, hip-hop community and the music that's being put out, you think of individuals that have these grandioso, inflated egos, over-the-top, um, flamboyant, uh, flashy type of individuals who, you know, who kind of, of course, walk around and have that persona and, you know, quote unquote, live that lifestyle. Um, however, when you think of takeoff, although, you know, he's out and he, you know, he wears the diamond jewelry and everything like that, but it seems as though his personality and who he truly is, he ain't really even about all that. He's always been the quiet one in the group. He's always been the humble one in the group. You know, take off, I mean, Quavo and um, Offset, who's married to Cardi B, those two, both of those two are fire signs. Those two would be considered, I guess, the hotheads in the group, the more um, extroverted ones in the group. However, when it comes to takeoff, He's almost he's he's like the total opposite of that. So this particular death has hurt a lot of people because it just caught everybody off guard off guard. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't meant to happen to him. Not him of all people. So I wanted to just kind of use this opportunity, you know, not only to send my condolences to, um, to his family, um, his friends, loved ones. Um, I'm sure he has kids, maybe one or two kids also, um, that now is without a father. Um, but I definitely wanted to just send those condolences, you know, first and foremost, oh, excuse me, first and foremost to his family. But I also wanted to use this opportunity as well to continue this conversation. I swear to God, I have done, this is the 41st episode of this podcast. And since I've started the podcast, I think I may have discussed, I, I feel like I'm discussing someone's death at least twice a month. You know, it just it seems that way. PNB brought I mean PNB Rock just passed away maybe a month ago. You know what I'm saying? 
and it's so many others that are leaving this um leaving this earth at a very young age but it's like at some point as the black community we need to be accountable we need to hold ourselves and each other accountable excuse me and the situation I'm always sneezing on these podcasts. But anyway, and the situation is just, it's gotten to the point where it's extremely out of hand. It's extremely out of hand. I think in the last four years, they said it's been at least about 20, maybe 20, 20 plus um, hip hop artists who have died. And the majority of them have all been very young guys, maybe in their 20s, teens as well. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, I was watching something where someone said, you know, we we can be quick as a back, uh, as a black community. We are quick to you know, protest and march. for our rights and, and, you know, black lives matter. And we're quick to do that. Especially when it comes to us, us standing up for something, um, in the faces of other races. Right. But a lot of times we don't keep that same energy for our own. We don't keep that same energy for the black on black crime. And it's almost like we don't give a damn. We don't give a damn about us. Cause if we did, we will be keeping that same, same energy, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the situation involves, we will always keep that unified energy. And that's a shame. And some people out here will say, hey, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Lakeith Stanfield, um, that's on that show, Atlanta. He had a statement basically stating, um, you know, we need to stop glorifying basically gangster music. But I feel as though we can't necessarily put the blame on the type of music, right? Because, again... People make all type of music, right? You might listen to heavy rock music, and heavy rock music could talk about, you know, satanic stuff, talking about killing, you know, talk about overdosing and all of that. But do you see, not saying that people in those communities don't commit crimes or anything like that, 
where people in those communities aren't dying off. I'm not saying that. However, it's like every time somebody brings up a situation um, involving hip-hop and rap, we always got to be quick to kind of blame it on the music. But for me, I think it's, it's beyond the music. I think that it's up to individuals and the individuals, you know, and their mental and, and what their mental state is and how they choose to live their life. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just a personal thing. It's a personal accountability thing. Everybody, like for me, I've listened to rap music and I'm a lover of hip hop. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm a hip hop head, right? That's my favorite genre of music is hip hop. I remember I remember when my mom got me, I believe it might have been Curtis Blow might have been the first like rap hip hop. Like I didn't grow up with like cable, right? So when MTV came out and they, you know, start integrating hip hop and stuff on MTV and showing videos and stuff like that. I wasn't privy to that. I didn't unless I was visiting someone else's house who had cable. In my household, we didn't have cable. However, I stayed up on, because I was already into music and in the band, I stayed up on the music, listening to the radio and stuff like that. But my, I remember my mom purchasing me probably my first hip-hop song, uh, which was Curtis Blow, Basketball, I believe. That might have been the first one, or Fat Boys or something like that. But ever since that day, I was a lover of hip-hop. And mind you, that was on an 8-track. So that tells you how old I am. But hey, I still look like, I still look good. But anyway, I say that to say my love of hip-hop has spanned it over a long period of time. And then around the late 90s, well, the yeah, the late 90s, here comes Tupac. Here comes this other type of, type of form of hip-hop. There was a lot more grittier. There was a lot more street-based um, music, a lot more, you know, violent talk or misogynistic, you know, speech and stuff like that inside the music. I still didn't fray away from it. I continued to be a lover of hip-hop despite the type of music that I was hearing as far as, like, the lyrics go, right? And then that kind of uh, merged into trap music and I love trap music and young Jeezy who goes by just Jeezy now is one of my favorite rappers Tupac is number one and Jeezy is number two as far as my favorite rappers but despite the type of music and 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 the words and the lyrics within their music that I heard on a constant basis. I personally didn't go out and try to emulate that. I didn't think because of the music that I'm listening to, oh, I need to be extra hard. Oh, I need to go out here and sell drugs. Oh, I need to go out here and shoot me somebody. I It just didn't make me do that. So for me, and in my opinion, I don't think that music 
Now, music could maybe fuel it, you know what I'm saying? Because they do say, um, people say, like, once you begin to do something um, habitually, you know, over and over and over again, it does kind of play with your psyche a little bit. And that may happen to, a f- you know, to some people. However, you know, I don't think that the full blame the full blame should be on the music aspect of it. Instead, it should lie on the individuals involved. But not to get too deep into that, I definitely wanted to take this opportunity and um, I wanted to play this um, Breakfast Club little snippet real quick. And this was Kevin Lyles. Um, Kevin Lyles, who's a music executive, he's been a music executive um, for a number of years. He sat down with the Breakfast Club and was talking to Charlemagne. And, um, yeah, I wanted to play this for y'all, so here it goes. Hip-hop, the music, either become or always been a deaf lifestyle. What do you say to that? Um, I, I, I live it, and um, I haven't killed anybody, and I consume more hip-hop than... than part of hip-hop than most people. Um, but I, I, I will tell you that there's an issue that it, it's it's black-on-black black crime because we were taught to be against each other. I had to be better than you. I had to do more than you. That's hip-hop. That's what we've been taught uh, in an oppressive country that, mm-hmm. you know, the things that, that we, we shouldn't value life like it's meant to be valued. And for, for those of, of, of us, uh, black, white, green, purple, whatever color, that believe that music kills, no gun kills, lack of education, uh, lack of education kills, racism kills, white supremacy kills. Those are the things, and I don't believe hip hop kills people. I, I believe people kill people. And hip hop provides a lot of opportunities for people mm-hmm. too, for the artists, for the people that work with the artists, for people that have anything to do. I think that it has done a lot for us. Some people will tell you that hip hop saved their life. Well, hip hop saved my life. I think uh, I'm sitting in a room with people that if it weren't for hip hop, you guys wouldn't be here. You can act like Breakfast Club would exist uh, without it, but um, there's no. good, there's good, <laughs> there's good and bad. No, hip hop saved my life in everything. Absolutely. There's good, and, and if you think about it, I, I think uh, as we we talk about the protecting black art, I think we don't have enough conversations. I, I commend you, Charlemagne, and all the conversations we're having around mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, but think about these massacres that, that happen. I'm not talking about one person killing another person. I'm thinking, somebody thinking it's okay to take a gun and go to a school. It's okay to take a gun and go to a church. That's not hip hop. I will have to agree with Kevin Lyles and his statement. There's many other things in this world that's affecting um, our community and um, it's, it has affected us in such a disparaging, um, evil way. Um, so it's like we can't always point the finger at just hip-hop when it comes to, um, you know, comes to these um, issues that we are having um, in our in our community specifically. Now, one part of it as well, though, if we want to keep looking at the music aspect of it, is that what I do believe is that these record label owners, it's all about making money. 
I have a I have a financial um, accounting background for those who do not know. And one thing I've learned over the years working for corporate America is that everything boils down to the almighty dollar. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense at all. Every, pretty much every aspect of business, no matter what industry that you are working in, it all boils down to the almighty dollar. Now, in terms of the music industry, right? It's evident that the hip-hop culture has made record labels, um, companies who work with record labels, companies who utilize um, hip-hop artists to promote their products, sell products as far as endorsements, sponsorships, and things of that nature. All of these companies have made billions of dollars on the backs of these hip-hop artists, right? Now, do you think that these companies want to stop that? Hell no. Hell no, they don't want to stop it. They want to continue to make money. Now, if this means that during the process of making money, we're going to have some casualties of war, then so be it. They don't really care about that because I can bet you at some label right now, they probably already trying to replace a takeoff. They're trying to find somebody to replace a P&B rock. They're trying to find somebody to replace a pop smoke. You know what I'm saying? That's what's happening. And one fella clip that I came across, he used to be a video director and and worked closely with um, artists as well as, you know, these companies and labels. Um, and he made some very, very valid points. And I wanted to just play his snippet as well. And uh, let's see. Let me pull that up. Seeing that a rapper from Migos died, I just wanted to go ahead and make a video about something I have a unique experience in. So... I directed a bunch of rappers, people like Gucci Mane, Snoop Dogg, you know, uh, Lil Yachty, the list goes on and on and on, okay? I learned a lot of things, um, and I have left the industry um, largely over my political beliefs, but there is something I want to impart to people to hopefully, you know, make some sort of change happen. So I have a challenge to rappers, and I know some of you still follow me. I know a bunch of the celebrity blogs still follow me from trying to get news from music videos and things like that. So here's the truth. The truth is this, a bunch of young black male rappers keep dying. You know who's not dying? Record executives. The record executives that push for them to continue to make songs and create a culture that is obsessed with death, drugs, and sex, period. The industry is obsessed with it, but those record executives, they're not dying because they don't push this culture on their own people, but they're encouraging you to push it on yours, and they're paying okay. you handsomely to do it. The reality is I know a lot of you. A lot of you are good people, your family guys, you're not the image that you put out there to the world. Why? Why don't you be the example? Stand up. I challenge you. Be the example 
Make music about the culture you want to see. Don't just get online today and talk about how, you know, whenever a rapper makes it, his own people take him down. Don't just make those videos. Don't be sad. Don't rest in peace. None of that stuff. Be the change you want to see. Inspire it in your community. Reach out to other rappers and say, we have to stop. We're being used. You've been used for a long time, you know. They create this paradigm to make you believe that you're so important and your celebrity status is worth so much, but in truth, you're a pawn in their game and you always have been. The government has wanted to hold down communities of people in different ways through different methods for a very long time. Their method in the black community has been to use entertainment to create a culture obsessed with death, drugs, sex, and money so that they could create a false paradigm of what happiness and what success really was. And in doing so, they created a world that also made people more dependent on government and as a result, gave themselves more power. The record executives that push you to do this, to go and continue to profit off the backs of your work, they're in cahoots with the elite. They're in cahoots with the government. They want you to think you're important, but in truth, you're just doing their dirty work for them. So stop. They've empowered you in ways that are real. You have an audience, you have platforms, you have the ability to make change. So go against the grain together. They're more afraid of you all together standing up and creating a new culture that's built around family, faith, freedom, doing the right thing, valuing life than they are of anything else. So I challenge you, use your power to do the right things. If you continue to do the same thing you've done, more rappers, like this are going to die. How many have to die before you change the culture? And let me tell you something else. There's a reason the record labels pay us more to do rap videos. They don't tell you that, do they? Do they tell you that they pay us more to do your videos? Because they do. They do it because they know it's more dangerous. They do it because they know it's more difficult and they do it because frankly, there's a lot of money laundering involved. Those labels wash a bunch of money through we don't do it, but we know the labels are doing it 100%. Okay, they're then taking the money off the top end and you see on your royalty check, oh, they spent 150,000 on this video. Did they? Because we didn't see 150,000. Okay, so, and to who? Their friend's company? A lot of times that's the case. Same thing with insurance companies. They charge us more to insure your videos and it's because they know the culture that's been created. They know that the only possibility of a music video being shot up is on a rap video. And that's the truth. That's true. So change the culture. You have the power. Your people. Shout out to Robert Starbuck. That was the name of that fellow. Um, shout out to him. He said some real shit. He definitely said some real shit. And like I said, you know, the record companies don't, they don't really give a damn. They don't, they don't give a damn because y'all making the money. And when one die, they find somebody else to replace it because, um, you know, the unfortunate thing is, as well, is that in the black community, it seems as though the kids only aspire to do a handful of jobs, you know, as far as like their future careers. Everybody want to be a rapper. Everybody want to play ball. You know? It's like 
where the blue collar workers at? Don't nobody want to become a uh, a plumber, electrician. You know, they might want to do uh um be a lawyer or a doctor. Dang. Like, it's so many other jobs out here and careers, you know, that play, pay good salaries, but everybody just want that flashy lifestyle. And it's unfortunate because, you know, for decades and decades, we've been so oppressed. So it's almost like it was inevitable for, you know, now the black community, get a, once they get a little money, they start to act this way. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, flamboyant, flexing all the time, you know? And who's at the forefront of being, fam you know, famous and, and fame itself are the ball players, you know, are the musicians, hip-hop artists. And so the kids see this. It's almost like when you grew up, and I don't know where, you know, our listeners and what type of environments you grew up in, but I grew up in the the heart of West Side of Atlanta. And so usually when you, you know, grow up in these um, uh, communities, these low-income communities, there's always going to be one or two that's, that, that considered to be the man in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? The man on these streets, whether he was a drug dealer or what, But we always have that, you know, one or two people, one or two people that kind of stood out. And they were the flashy ones. They the ones that drove around in a nice cars, you know. And if the person happened to be a drug dealer, as a child, you, you're aspiring to become that. You want the nice cars. You want the nice house. You want to um, wear all the flashy jewelry. You know what I'm saying? But we need to change our mindset. Like Mr. Starbucks said, we have to challenge ourselves as a community, as a as a genre, hip-hop genre as well, to want to do better, to be better people, you know, to live, want to live peacefully, to have respect for the fellow man. Just because you see another black man that got, you know, something that you may want to have, and a lot of times both of y'all could be on the same level as far as, like, financially, you know, and socially. But for some reason, you just, you know, unfortunately, you just cause violence on that person for no apparent reason, you know, or cause violence on these innocent bystanders who just happen to be in the crowd or in the area, your mom, your daughter, your, your cousins, you know, they these people just there. You know what I mean? Maybe enjoying the atmosphere, just walking down the street or whatever. But yet, because y'all come and just spray the neighborhood, all these innocent people and kids as well are dying. So when are we going to wake up? When are we going to wake up? And then hearing about this takeoff situation, and like I said, some of the theories that I've heard about it, if it was our own, the way that, the J Prince Jr. Uh, son fucking walk past takeoff. He look at the nigga. He say, damn, 
He ain't drop a tear. He just walked past that nigga and went back in the in the bowling alley. And excuse me for saying nigga, but you know, I'm mad. But he just went into the back into the bowling alley and basically told some girl, "Don't ask me about this shit" or some shit like that. That's crazy. That's crazy, especially if Quavo and Takeoff was there because of you and under your prote- your so called protection. Man, <sighs> the fans of Takeoff, the community of Atlanta, North Side, South Side, East Side, West Side. We don't like this shit. We don't like this shit. Some people need to pay for this this situation. Cuz nothing like this was supposed to happen at all. And if it's it, and even if Quavo and some other dude which we really couldn't tell in the video was arguing over dumb shit or arguing over a, a dice game and somebody lost some money or whatever the case may be. I'm sure there was some people within that group, whether they was OGs or not, but I'm sure there was some people in that group that could have, you know, tried to, and they may have tried to de-escalate the situation. That was possible. Could have tried to de-escalate the situation. But if Quavo said something and he walked off, that's that still does not give you or give these other people who had the weapons the right or the reason to start shooting in a crowd of people. That doesn't make sense. There is no justification for that whatsoever. It's not. So I send my prayers out to the family, his fans, uh, QC the label, P, and uh, Coach K, Offset, Quavo, Takeoff's kid. His mama, I send my sincere condolences to those people. And I hope that they are able to get through this situation. And try to understand that sometimes, you know, we all got to die, right? We all got to die. And even though we know for some people just like take off, they go too soon. They leave us too soon. And we may feel like it's not right. However, we must always continue to rely on our faith you know, our spiritualness um, and understand that, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. Um, I hope that Quavo and Offset 
because they've been beef, beefing, and it seems as though the group has split. Um, but Takeoff and Offset, I believe, still maintain, you know, maintain a relationship. Offset is actually their cousin. Um, I hope that Quavo and Offset, um, despite the circumstances, I hope those two gentlemen are able to, you know, come together and squash their differences um, for the betterment of not only themselves, um, their own families, their careers, um, the Migos group, because it's just them two now, and they need to, you know, continue to uh, make sure that Takeoff's legacy, you know, lives on. So I hope those two gentlemen can definitely squash whatever it is that they got going on. For anyone that was involved in this senseless, senseless killing, and shout out to, um, also, I'm glad to know that the other two um, shooting victims, I believe one of them was, now mind you, all of these individuals are in their 20s. Um, the other was another uh, male and a female that both got shot, but both of them, I believe, had non-critical injuries, and they may or may not be out of the hospital now. But, you know, I send my prayers to them as well um, for a speedy recovery. Um, but, you know, as a community, um, as a whole, we all need to do better for sure. Definitely stop the violence everywhere, not just here in Atlanta, in my city, or not just in Houston, but all over. We just, you know, the young kids are running amok, and, and, and you know, and all of them seems as though they have weapons. And we definitely need to do something about it because, you know, we got to stick together as a community. We have to. But we can't stick together if there's nobody left in that motherfucker. If everybody's gone and we've depleted everybody by killing each other off, then what we sticking up for the community for? You see what I'm saying? So, anyway. Anyway. Thank you, guys. For tuning in to this episode, don't forget on Sunday nights on YouTube, we go live or group chat live. We talk about all the hot topics. Um, pretty funny um, situation we got going on. Um, check us out. Not only that, um, definitely follow us on all podcast streaming platforms. Um, it's straightforward with Miss B. That's S-T-R, um, the number eight, F-W-D with miss b and on social media um as well and we appreciate you guys for always tuning in and thank you until next episode peace out <laughs>